0: Welcome to episode 314 of After the Credits. We have not all disappeared into the ether. We are all here. It's just been a busy month. Uh, my name is Marina Antunes, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined today by the whole gang, fellow co-hosts.
1: Steve Stebbing, <laughs> Bill Harris.
0: <laughs> and Melissa McDowell.
1: I was, I was waiting. I was, I was late. It was like quick draw. I was like, okay, who's going who's gonna to go? Who's
2: going to go? Judge one time we'll get it right. We'll get it right one time. Try this.
0: <laughs> we don't need to get it right. We just need to be here. So yeah. um, it's time. It's appropriate that we make our triumphant return after a, a four-week hiatus with perhaps one of the most highly anticipated movies of the past couple of years, Dune Part 2. We need an explanation about what this movie is about.
1: It's Paul is getting revenge
2: for his, the slaying of his family. <laughs> Pretty the much De- De- Denny Villeneuve ripping off Lawrence of Arabia. Uh yeah, he what he's what a bastard. Is he going David Lean? yeah he's do- he's definitely going David lean
1: but we could accuse Nolan of going David lean we can include accuse a lot of people James Gray so many people are going David lean because David lean is a is a bar you want to hit sometimes as a filmmaker Spielberg all of them they all want it a lean
2: a, a leanist film but, but hey but before we even start did anybody get a dune vagina cup my no, screen I don't know they didn't they didn't have any at my screening and I was very disappointed I really <laughs> <wanted> one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I actually I, I wasn't sure if, yeah, I wasn't actually sure that those were available in Canada for some reason I thought they were uh, like
1: AMC probably, thing,
0: yeah, I mean, I could, I don't know. I didn't look at it that closely. I did have a I, I messaged Bill. I had a an issue with my screening like this is the dumbest thing ever, and I just have a bone to pick with Cineplex because I almost never go to Cineplex i I prefer Landmark just in general. I don't know why it's just personal preference, but we wanted to see this like on a bigger screen. And so Dan and I, two weeks ago when we were buying tickets, we're like, okay, like, do you want to see it in IMAX or do you want to try this X screen thing? And I had seen an X screen before, but I hadn't actually like experienced it. So we decided that we were for go IMAX and get an X screen experience ticket instead, which is about the same price. Like they're both premium tickets. So we show up like 20 minutes early to the screening, go into the theater, does not look like an X screen. Like I've only seen one X screen in my life. It's at the Scotiabank Theater, uh, downtown Vancouver. And it's basically like one giant screen with two screens on the side. And it's supposed to give you like 270 degree view of the image. So we walk in and it looks like just a regular screen. So I'm trying to find somebody that works there. Good luck. Good luck. I did finally find somebody. The guy comes in and he's like, well, I'm not really sure. This kind of looks like all the other screens. I'm like, oh, okay. So we sit down and I say, "Dan, you know, this is ridiculous. I paid premium price for a premium ticket and I'm not sitting through the movie here. So Marina's now on a mission. I finally find somebody. I explain the situation. And I'm like, I kind of just want to get an IMAX ticket instead. If I paid for it, I might as well just do that. Except like the IMAX screenings are sold out for the next like four days. And the only seats available are in the front of this. I'm like, okay, well, that's not happening. So I'm about to get my refund. Can't figure it out. They call over a manager. I explain the situation again. This has now been 20 minutes. And the guy's like, oh, no, that is the next screen. Uh, The paint on the wall is a different color. It's lighter than our usual. And there's no light sconces that the image is actually projected on the wall. Like, well, it would have been nice if your staff knew. But that's what your screen looks like. So we managed to actually make it back to the theater and sat down in some random seat as the credits were rolling. Like, this is the best timing ever, but this is also the most frustrating thing ever. I'm like, please just tell your people what your three screens look like so they know. So when some idiot like me asks, they can say, actually, you're in the right place. Because I thought for sure I was just in a regular screen.
3: Okay. I can't believe you're the only person who's ever asked that question, though, either.
0: yeah. Well, the, the manager actually said that. He's like, no one's actually asked me that before. I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I've only seen one and it looked totally different than this one. So, mm. uh, yeah, I'm going to ask. I paid extra for this ticket. <laughs> they cost like 50 bucks. Like, I want to get my money's worth. And for the record, once we actually like sat down and watched the movie, totally worth it. Like, they don't use the... 270 degrees for the entire film but they do use it for i think it's just over an hour and a half of content it felt like more than an hour and a half but it's really impressive because it really feels like you're sitting in like a dome because the image is literally all around you so the central screen is like your main point of focus but like you can literally turn your head and see images on the outside it just kind of feels like even more immersive it's really cool and I would try it against so this time sitting further back. Like we kind of sat in the middle. So I was constantly like turning my head to try to see behind me a little bit. But I don't know. It was very, very awesome. Very, very awesome experience. Highly recommend it if you've never done it before. <laughs> just be prepared. It's not actually three separate screens. They just project it on the wall. <laughs> Which is fine. Which is fine. <laughs> but all this to say, we still haven't actually talked about the movie. But I mean... I think it was sitting at 100% uh, on the critics' uh, websites, the amalgamation websites, like leading up to the release. And I think it's fair to say that the anticipation uh, was really high. I mean, the fact that it had been postponed like months. And I mean, we all saw Dune. We knew what kind of we were maybe getting ourselves into with part two. Does it live up to the hype?
1: Yes. Guess who didn't like it of big critics? Guess who didn't like it? Armand like,
2: White. Huh? Armand White. David Ehrlich. David
1: Ehrlich yeah. <laughs> did not like this movie and said, well, at least Javier Bardem's having fun. <laughs> he didn't like the
3: like, first one either, though. Yeah, he exactly. Wasn't, he wasn't so, a fan of either of them.
1: So. No. So it's like, and it's funny because he's like, kind of like, I don't know. I think he's in like top 15 critics, like of people, with people go to. So I'm like, hey, buddy. Makes, he makes great year end videos. He really does. And it's sad to think that Dune won't be part of yeah, 2024. Um, I'm super grateful. It wasn't in 2023 now, having seen it and like trying to like shuffle movies around and try to make <laughs> sense of what the top 10 uh, in, 20, in 2023. I'm really glad it didn't come out in November Um, because they would have upset the apple carton big time. Just big time. Cause this is for me, a huge benchmark of 2024 and we're only at the beginning of March.
0: I think though, I mean, looking back, the first one was nominated for what, like nine Oscars It won mm-hmm. six. But when you look at the big, it didn't win best director or best picture. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that would have made a difference. Um, <clears throat> personally for me, I, I saw an interview with Denis the other day where he was talking about how with part one, it was really setting up the, the sandbox. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word um you know the characters the world the universe um and and then part two is really about expanding on what he set up with part one so it gave him a lot more flexibility to sort of delve more into the universe what i think is interesting um because he certainly does that but i think what's interesting for me is literally after we came home um, I started flipping through the book. I'm like, I don't remember how this book ends. It's been like a good decade since I've read it. And I couldn't, I, I wasn't going to read the last half of the book just to figure out how it ends. But I did also rewatch the 2000 miniseries, um, which I'm a big fan of. I know a lot of people do not care for that very much, but I, it's actually a really solid adaptation of the book as well. Um, and for its time, it was pretty cutting edge. What I thought, when then looking back at Dune again, because i just seen it on Thursday before going to the movie, one thing that Denis does that almost, that actually no one else that's adapted the work before has done, is he really, like, focuses in solely on the Atreides storyline. Like, the only thing of concern to him is Paul. Like, everything else that's happening in the background, like the jumping to, you know, um, the, the princess and the emperor and the Harkonnens and uh, the Fremen, it's really all in service of Paul's story. Like that's it. That's what it begins. And that's where it ends to the point where at no point in either movie does he actually make any sort of uh big observation on why Arrakis is so important. Like everybody says it's really important, but it's never explained why it's so important. Like it's so key to the actual like, Huge big story of Dune, but he never actually has like somebody say this is why it's important. Right? They say it's the where you find the spice, but why is spice important? Nobody mm-hmm. says it, like it's never explained. And I was like, okay, so he really does double down on this false story. And I think overall, it's a really strong like duology. And I mean the movies are like clearly one piece of work. Like it literally part two picks up like minutes after part one ends, which I, I really appreciated. it. Like to the point where the lighting, like they had to come up with some story as to why the lighting is the way it is because they literally leave one movie and go to the next and it looks different, but it, the events are taking place only minutes apart. Um, overall, Like, I mean, Denis is a really good filmmaker. I mean, he's a really Mm -hmm. great storyteller too. Personally, I thought it was a really great adaptation of the work. It's a really great take on the work. I would want to see more from this universe. Mm -hmm. Personally, I was unsatisfied at the end of Dune 2. I'm like, where does this story go from here? And that is even like beyond the observations that he's making about like the bigger implications of, you know, like religion and a uh, messiahs and prophets and all that other stuff that actually like plays really well into the, the story thread that he's building. But I've been thinking about this movie a lot. Can you tell?
2: <laughs> well, but the, I'll, leave it,
0: I'll leave it at that.
2: As the resident doom nerd, the ending to the movie is different than the end of the book.
0: Yeah. I assume as Some, my-
2: Something happens at the end of the movie. That's different. And the next book do Messiah takes place further in the future. Yeah. Skips a lot. Yeah. Uh it really sucks that the whole entire movie year is now officially over and I can just say Doom is my number one film of the year.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry,
2: but it just is. <laughs> uh, this movie is just incredible. Uh mm-hmm. the, the jump in scope, just of uh, just how much better this movie is. Uh just the way it um it's it's it's, it's every the stakes are higher, everything is higher in this film. Including, I think Denny Villeneuve and Greg Frazier. I think this yep. film looks better. Um, I think everything over, like, like, like the Harkonnen world looks like Metropolis, like the movie mm-hmm. Metropolis. It's just like, everything is just so incredible. Uh, the acting is better. The script is better. Some of the lines are a little goofy. Christopher Walken kicks ass. Uh, just everything about this film. Um, I think it's maybe one of the best science fiction films ever made, and uh, I am a. Com- complete dune horror. so this is coming from somebody who has read the books maybe 10 times and i love this movie uh best movie of the year somebody brings something to me that's better <laughs> I, I, do it come on let's go i go to film festivals show me something better and
1: i mean denny hits with precision like he is yeah. such a precise filmmaker and And this is such, like, just everything is so calculated to a T. His cast is working so incredibly well. Uh, Timothy Chalamet moves to another level in his career. Like, he is, like, a blockbuster leader now. Like, he he commands the screen every time he's on it. And that's tough against a, a, a cast that's always game whenever they're on screen um, Rebecca Ferguson really stood out to me in this film, her performance, uh, Lady Jessica performance is incredible. And the changes that character goes through um, how like to a person that doesn't know Dune and is like getting into it as just like a sci-fi story. That's not me. Cause I I've read Dune uh, and Dune Messiah, but um, it's, it's such a, it's completely unpredictable the love story is not going to go the way you think it's going to go. The, the, the rise to power is not going to go. And the results of this is not going to go the way you think it goes. If you're thinking Paul's the hero, you're completely fucking wrong. Like there's just so much depth to this story. And yeah, I agree with, uh, with bill. It's one of the greatest uh, sci-fi films ever made. And we are lucky that this undertaking was made and it turned out the way it did. Um, I mean, the journey from Jodorowsky to now is in crazy, just crazy stuff.
3: Yeah, I would say like, I am, I'm not, I'm not a Dune fangirl. Like I read the first book. I didn't read anything beyond that. Um, and it didn't really do a whole lot for me. Um, and uh, but the these films the way that the the way that Villeneuve has approached them the way that he's approached the character the storytelling have made me buy into the universe like i did feel a lot more invested and i agree with you i mean if you go into this thinking that paul atreides is the hero um you are going to be a wrong and be very disappointed <laughs> um and I but and I think it was really clever because I think that is like the most common criticism that's directed towards this franchise is that you know this is like white saviorism at its peak um and uh, and 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 this 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 film the way this film kind of approaches that is that it is constantly questioning that it's constantly questioning the prophecy it's constantly questioning whether this is, really his fate or his destiny or whether this is a way that he uses to justify what he's doing or what they're doing. Um, it's, it, it's, it's way more interesting politically than, um, than anything I got out of reading the book to be, to be totally honest with you. I think, uh, I think Vilnev has taken some sort of okay source material and he's elevated it to a much more intelligent, um, much more interrogative uh, look At that source material than what he started with.
0: Yeah, fully agree. I mean, I think that the books, especially the first one, and I mean, you know, clearly the later ones are really a, uh, they're a product of their time, right? I mean, they're very, like, you read them and they read like they're from the 70s, like before we had sort of like a cultural awakening about, you know, some of this stuff. Um, And I think you're totally right. He leaves that behind and really like examines it with a modern lens, which I think is why they're so successful. And that's why, like, I'm also kind of like cautiously, like, do we want to see more Dune? I would want to see more Denis Dune because he clearly understands the material and, the changes that need to be made in order to make it a successful film. I'm a little less excited with other adaptations because I'm like, do they understand, you know, what, what we're playing with here? Yes. The universe is interesting, but you have to tread really carefully because the source material is old and outdated. Like you need to really like look at it and find a thread in that's, you know, modern and a good take. So like on the one hand, I'm super excited about Dune Prophecy yeah, give me the Benizeze Jesuit and their, you know, rise to power and their machinations to make the tenth years that follow happen. But on the other hand, I'm like, do the people that are making this understand in the same way, you know, what this material needs in order to make it resonate? Um so I'm both excited and very, very cautious. I don't know. Can anybody else do this? Just let the need do another two dune movies and, and compass, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, do messiah and then we'll be okay I'll be fine after that
1: <laughs> well he's doing Cleopatra next so it'll have to be after that
0: I'm totally okay with that just let him do all the epics at this fucking point
1: doesn't matter <laughs> yeah, right. uh,
0: but does he have plans to do an, a follow-up
3: movie because I, yeah, I did I yeah. felt like yeah this there, was there's definitely not ending on the
0: end like this doesn't feel like an end
1: they're midway through script uh, scripting is what he said on the red carpet in New York
0: Yeah, yeah. And he did say that he his plan is to finish the Paul story arc. So basically to the end of Dune Messiah. And then from there the story starts to focus on other characters. So but his plan is to basically take it through the jihad.
1: There was a, a like the first thing about this is like one thing I was really excited about with Dune is the excitement that I had like in me as like a moviegoer. As, and as a person that checks out movies, like all the time, like this movie had like, uh, like, in like there was an intensity in getting to see this movie finally that I haven't felt in a really long time. And I think a big part of that is that notion that Denny always delivers, like he all, he always comes through and, um, the other thing I was, uh, you guys guess exactly who Anya Taylor Joy was as soon as they revealed her.
0: Oh, I, uh, when they revealed her, I, yes. When I saw her on the red carpet, I had no idea.
1: No, I, I, well, it, honestly, it um wasn't until um I remember the lady Jessica is pregnant. And I was like, oh, I knew exactly then. I was like, oh yeah, it's Anya Taylor Joy.
2: But in the Lynch movie, it's a, it's a, it's a, a child like creature. Yeah. Yeah. So i was thinking how are they gonna do this? And then
1: I knew they were gonna approach it yeah, differently. Yeah. yeah. So it was, he's was, gonna
2: do a more more
1: spiritual for sure. Yeah. Cause of course David Lynch was more interested in the the physical <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and, and, and probably
2: budget wise, he was like,
1: oh, okay. Well.
2: <laughs> have you guys rewatched the the Lynch version lately? No. And how much and how much plot he puts into the opening like crawl of that film? it's almost like he's fucked from the beginning. Like he's just, mm-hmm. it's just like, Oh my God, what did you just do? Like, you have to explain this shit.
0: I'm yeah. so glad um, but, he didn't
2: murder his career. I, well, so but, but I
0: mean, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that was, I think just bad from the get go. I mean, there was no way that he was ever going to be successful making a Dune movie in that time period with the amount of money and time that he had, like there, it was doomed from the start. Like when you say go on that, project it's already doomed (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. like you need more than two hours to tell the story and i mean the fact that we fell into the fact that Dune would be one movie is still i think back on it i'm like how do we ever think that they could ever do this in two hours or two and a half like it's it's impossible you
1: remember the anger and anger yes for the internet and it was, and then, you- that's what I
0: mean. And then looking back on it now, it's like, how did we ever think that this was even possible <laughs> in two and a half hours? Like, you just, you, you literally cannot cover that much ground in two and a half hours. You can't. You can't. There's just too much to cover.
2: Sting was pretty rad.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Can we? I was really all about Austin Butler in this movie too, though.
3: Oh, he's, he's great. Really, he's so he's great. great.
1: Uh, there was yeah. points where I'm like, is do they just dub Stellin Stellan Skarsgard? And you're like, no, that's Austin Butler doing like the best Stellan Skarsgard impression ever. <laughs> like he's so good in it. And
3: yeah, he didn't sound like Elvis in this movie.
1: <laughs> no, no. And the movements to his character and just all the simple nuances to it. Like I mean, not to just hyper-focus in on one actor, because everyone is bringing nuance to their characters. But uh, yeah, uh, I loved his portrayal of this character.
2: My my thought is like, so what, this started being made like five or six years ago. They picked mm-hmm. Chalamet off what? Uh, Lady Bird? Do yeah, you call me? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. This is Zendaya off Disney? Yeah. Shedden Zend- Zend- or- Zend- Euphoria. Uh, she'd
1: she'd marry she was Mary
2: Jane though by this point that's right? true that's true okay uh in what two or three years ago they got awesome Butler what he'd been in once upon a time in Hollywood he uh, booked it right after Elvis right okay like like they got they got this casting on a maybe on a bit of a fluke that these people might be big and they turned out really big also
1: I you'd think that Denny has the ability to have quick casting pull. You would think, yeah. <laughs> right? You you have an audition tape like right there because I yeah, like you'd think it'd happen immediately.
3: Okay, but can I ask the question? Christopher Walken, I love him. Was he right for this role?
2: He was in the same movie. <laughs> I thought
3: he was uh, fine.
1: A, a great foil. I I thought he was a great uh, great opposite flow. Like, um, he was a good, I, I think he was, I was a good counterpoint to that. Um, I, it's funny. Cause I did see the thing where, um, Denny said to Zendaya that, you, you know, your movie really is part two. And then he had to say to Florence Pugh, your movie is really part three. If, or when that happens, Like, <laughs> can you imagine getting that? Like, I get something juicier later. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, but I get to walk. I I get to act with Christopher Walken, who is in like a flat, fat boy, slim music video. I come from
2: a long line of hard-coated liars. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't know. He, I mean, he wasn't as distracting as I thought he would be, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a small miss.
3: It's not distracting. It was just that, you know, like, because I think of the emperor as being this sort of Machiavellian type and he seemed a bit doddering to me, and that felt
0: mm, okay. not
3: like not the right tone. I don't know. Well, no,
0: actually, I think it does play into the yeah. overall story because he's really controlled by the the, the Bene Gesserit. Like he is a tool right. for the the Reverend Mother. So, I mean, he. I think he. I can't remember exactly how he's portrayed in the books, but he is not. Like, he is not the scheming guy that you think he would be because he is not the Baron Harkonnen. Like, he is not a guy that is, you know, working on his own. He is really the tool of the Reverend Mother. So it's not surprising that he is kind of doddering, Mm. uh, whereas the Baron needs to be, like, the the slimy asshole that he is because he is literally working outside of the lines and doing things his own way.
1: I have to say, Charlotte Rampling can always make good work in a couple minutes.
0: Yeah, she's so great. She's just,
1: yeah. Yeah, I love the casting in this. I don't uh, like Dave Batista, His his change, uh, his his like yeah, his regard in the, in the in switch over both movies is just so great. Yeah. Becomes like the the beaten dog of the Harkonnens and yeah, it's the like,
3: literal bootlicker.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's oh that scene's so great too. It's there so are, great.
0: Yeah, there is, there's a lot of really great. Moments in that film, though. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I think the big, the the first sort of aha moment for us was like right at the beginning, where uh, they're being chased through the desert by the soldiers, and they the worm is coming, and they run. They're running towards the mountain, and they take a flying leap off of you know the top of a sand dune, and they start to float up, and you're like, I didn't fucking see that coming. No, <laughs> didn't see that. I'm like, okay, that's a cool moment there. Thank you very much. Where like.
1: Moments. With this silent grace, too. Oh, That's yeah. what I really loved about all that stuff is yeah. it's just got this silent beauty to it. Like,
0: and there ah. aren't a lot of filmmakers that can uh like show scale the way that Denise, like you don't realize how big things are in some scenes, and then he like just casually shows you. It's mm-hmm. like, oh look, there's little ants walking around what? on the sand, or you know, the you see the comparison of the of the the, the, the the ships. Or you know what the size of one is. And then you see it in comparison to the other. And you're like holy shit okay. And it's so like just. It's just there. And then you think mm-hmm. about it you're like okay that was really smooth. Like not every filmmaker can do this. And the way he puts you in the middle of the action. Like I don't know. He really is like. Uh, a, a director of a generation. Like there aren't a lot of filmmakers. That sort of come around and you're like okay. This guy's like defining. But you know I I'm, I'm I'm thrilled to be living through a period where Denis is like a defining filmmaker of our time and that he happens to be Canadian.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
4: he has yeah, restraint. He gets,
0: also that he gets the budgets to
3: pull yeah. off these like incredible yeah. spectacle films. Like the 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 special effects in this movie are insane. Yeah. The worm riding se- sequences are like they're just astonishing and you wonder like I don't think anybody else could have pulled those scenes off as well. And as perfectly as he has done it, because it really does feel like you're watching that happen in real life. It doesn't feel like it's really easy to suspend your disbelief when you're watching those sequences Um, And yeah, just uh, like that. And then the action sequences are just perfectly choreographed. They're so thrilling. You're definitely on the edge of your seat for them. Um, And then when you just, just when you think it can't possibly get more over the top, that like last fight, the fight sequence between Timothy Chalamet and and Austin Butler is insane. Mm -hmm. Like it's the way that it's so like tight, tight, like tight focus and so controlled. Um, Yeah. It's just like, he just runs the gamut of like all of these brilliant shot configurations and all these different styles. And it still holds together cohesively as a, as a, as a film and the pacing is, is just genius.
4: So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
3: think Greg's
0: winning another Oscar guys.
1: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) It's two, two hour 46 and it's tight. It's there's, 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 it's, it's lean. There's, there's, no trim away from it. it. And it flows beautifully. And like when the credits hit me and my buddy looked at each other and we we're like, let's run it again. I'm so down. Cause it's just, it's, it is so filling as, as a movie fan. It just, it feels like a really good meal. And yeah, I'll definitely be seeing it again on the big screen.
0: Yeah. I think I need to make the trip and see it in IMAX. I just need to find somebody to go with me. Cause I don't think I can get Dan to drive all the way up there.
1: I miss gimmick film watching, not 3D stuff, but like being in, in a small market, I don't get IMAX. I don't get, uh, I, I think I,
0: that they're fake know. IMAXing this though, because I saw a listing for IMAX in Coquitlam and the Cineplex in Coquitlam does not have a proper IMAX screen. So no. I don't know what that is. And additionally to that. that, I think everybody is seeing it in IMAX because literally the screening that we were in had four people in it us and another couple. Um, and when I was trying to exchange these tickets, all of the other screenings were available. Like there was no, there were like four seats sold in AVX. Like basically the only thing that was selling out was IMAX.
1: How is it do? I haven't checked the numbers today. Is it, did it do well? Like, yeah, it do did well. 80. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I kind of wanted to eclipse the, getting
2: the 90 or the hundred, but
1: yeah. I get
2: it. Well, it's, it's different because Dune part one was on HBO max day one. Yeah. Killed the audience. Yeah. It's true. it still made made $400 million worldwide. What's this going to make, you know, hopefully a billion because I fucking hope so. Let's hope that it gets (laughs) the third film, but, uh, it's, it's insane. Um, yeah, just a a shout out to my boy, Jameis, who everybody thought wasn't very important at the end of the first movie and then became super important. And, uh the second movie uh all my friends who had not, not read the book was like i hated the ending of dune it was so anticlimactic and i'm like you don't even know you wait yeah <laughs> shout out to my boy james
0: i think this is a, i personally think this is amazing i you know, anything that gets people to read i'm okay with i'm like oh you want to know what happens next there's all these books i think there's like 12 of them at this point there's so many so many so yeah, safe. To the,
3: caveat, the caveat is that the female characters are not as well drawn in the books. No. And the, uh, the the sort of attention to that conflict between this outsider messianic figure and indigenous population, also not very well treated no. in the book. So yeah, so you can read them as long as you understand that there are those two things that might be slightly triggering for some people. So
0: the later, actually, I will say that the later books, um, when um, his son, and I can't remember the author's name now, um, they found a bunch of notes that uh, Frank had, like 10 years after his death, and they started writing all of these books that kind of like finished off uh, the the series in the way that the author on. I guess had anticipated. I have no idea. They basically took creative license and wrote a bunch of other books. Um, And they're not bad, but the, um, the one that Dune prophecy is based on, it's like, I think it's called the sisterhood of Dune is actually pretty good. Um, And I have read some of the others that they wrote and they're, they're not bad. They're better than, uh, than the originals. Like at least, I don't know if they're better written, but at least they're more um, uh, sensitive to like modern times because they are newer they're from like the 2000s i think um but yeah you're totally right melissa <laughs> read them with the greatest sand. there's a, a, so there's a bunch of really great essays on like unpacking dune and the white uh, prejudice of the books it's, there's a lot of great really reading material if you really want to dig into it but we'll leave it there but or i quote. think it's safe to say we all loved it
2: yeah, and plus, if, if you're looking for some pretty cool old films, uh, Denis Villeneuve's *Back Catalog* is quite impressive. You can't uh, really in, go wrong, including a second film which is narrated by a dead fish. So let's yep. go. <laughs> yeah,
0: actually, IndieWire lists, had a list of they ranked Denis Villeneuve's films, uh, and surprisingly, I was actually kind of impressed with her, with their ranking system. Where do they like, put uh, not,
2: Where do they put Maelstrom?
0: Uh, I think it was eight.
2: Oof. I love that movie. I, I think I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, it was I it was that. late,
0: it was lower on the list, but they do refer to it a couple of times. And Dune was not number one. <laughs> or even number two. But I mean, it just goes to show the 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 density of that catalog is really impressive. You really can't. Mm-hmm. What did they list as one and two? Arrival and I think two was.
4: Sicario? Prisoners,
0: but I know Sicario. I think was three, but it's like see Arrival is number, number one. two. You see, prisoners. Oh, you know, Enemy. I think was number two.
1: <laughs> oh, a movie rules. that I really. Enemy is really amazing. Enemy is yeah. amazing. I love Polly a lot, though. Polytechnique. Uh,
0: that was, I think, three. If I'm not mistaken, it's, it's so, a good list. we'll, we'll I'll yeah. link to it.
1: I watched it again in the last year or so, and it was great just really really great
0: uh, that movie that, that movie stands up really really well yeah, yeah. i guess a bad movie but yeah no, only technique no. again
3: is like when it's an important story to tell but also the tension just that that the maintenance of tension in that mm-hmm. film is unbelievable
0: and, and the technicality just, of that movie i mean i think mm-hmm. it's easy to forget that he shot that movie twice like once in english and once in french like, like shot for shot, shot it twice, and it looks amazing any way you look at it. And the, the 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 cinematography in that movie is spectacular. If that wasn't an indication of great things to come from this filmmaker, I don't know what the fuck it is. Because, I mean, that is a calling card if I've ever seen one.
1: I thought it was, between that and Insanity, I thought it was just his sensitivity to subject matter. That I was just yeah. like,
0: he I love, gets
1: it. He freaking yeah. gets it. And I anything that he's going to do. That anything yeah. that he's gonna do, right? Like, cause that, like, when when he got Blade Runner, I was like, "It's we're fine,
0: yeah, we're fine." Yeah. For, the of ending me, of Insondes is so good. Oh, I I love that reveal.
1: Yeah, part, it, it part gets shared on film Twitter all the time in like, in like little clip form or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah, it's one that I I always what if I'm scrolling, if I notice it, I stop and look at it for a second. Every time, I don't know, yeah. it's just got I got that draw to it.
2: Part of me hopes that uh, him making Blade Runner was like his like little test footage thing for for Dune, like learning how to shoot ships and stuff like that. Because that movie's awesome too. Not, yeah. um, nobody talks about Blade Runner. That movie rules. That
0: Except movie rules. for Denis, like every interview that he's done, he's like, "This is the only movie that I least lose sleep over is is Blade Runner." Like, what was <laughs> Why, I thinking?
2: Why though? Is it, is it, it didn't make money. Who cares? I, I think yeah. that,
0: that's. But it's always like creative. Uh, as well he's like you know I have such regard for the original that mm-hmm. I'm like what was I thinking did I do it justice is it really good and yeah I think yes. part of it is it wasn't a box of success It's it's been on TV like nonstop, and every time we flip through the channels we end up watching like half hour of it at
1: least It's it brought a controversial opinion out of me that I was already flamed for once before when it came out <laughs> it's better than the original <laughs>
4: woohoo
3: Those are, that's high praise yeah, that I, is it's better than
1: Ridley's. I, sorry, it is.
3: It's more coherent, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, and totally I just agree. enjoy it.
3: Just the one cut is Hell also great more. too. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Fully agree. Sorry,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry.
0: Don't have to be sorry. Don't have to be
4: sorry.
0: <laughs> we have spent uh, forty minutes <laughs> waxing so? poetic on me. <laughs>
2: It's a good yeah, movie. It is, yeah, it is a absolutely. very it is a
0: very good movie. Certainly a really great start to the movie year. Not that you know we're only in March, but you know, it's usually pretty quiet leading up to the summer. So um let's talk about some other stuff. Well yeah, who wants to start? Um other
1: I, can stuff sp- can see? I can start. Um because yeah, I mean there was a lot of stuff. Um I, I wanted to quickly mention how to have sex. Because I think it's like a really, it's a really solid film. You uh, missed it. You missed it
2: as if. We've already talked about this film. Oh, okay. It's re- I really
1: liked it. I want to bring it up recently because it caused a really horrendous faux pas between the star uh, Mia McKenna Bruce and uh, Prince William at the BAFTAs. Oh wow! Where he's like, I haven't seen the film yet, but I bet you had a lot of fun. And anybody that's seen that film. Asking Mia Ooh. McKenna if she had a lot of fun making that fucking movie. <laughs> it either has not like zero, zero, zero clue about what this movie is about in its content, or is a fucking asshole.
0: <laughs> like, I, I think it's probably the, 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 think the earlier. The I think it's the first. Yeah. I
1: think it's the first, right? Because I mean, with, with everything that's in the news, he's been going through some stuff, right? But the funniest thing is Debris was standing. Like next to Mia and there's a shot of her face and she's just like, I got this because AO is all of us laymen at awards shows. Like every time they interview her about something, I'm like, well, that's exactly what I would be thinking. Like someone asked her what she would say to herself in the past, and she's like, "Well, I wouldn't break the time scale continuum because you don't do." That. And she's going all through this stuff. I'm like, "Yeah, that's pretty much what I would say too."
0: And she's a so, really big movie fan, which yeah, I think exactly. is exactly what makes yeah. it fun too. But yeah, yes. that was uh, that was. Did you um, know that
3: she's on Letterboxd?
1: Yes, I follow her on Letterboxd. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's great. Um, I did catch up with Taste of Things. I thought it was really solid. Um, and that last 360 shot of in the of the film is just incredible. Just I'm incredible still in the
0: aftermath. I'm still in the aftermath of, of math of that movie. I haven't stopped baking.
1: <laughs> oh it's so it's so <laughs> I blame
0: it on the taste of things. My my kitchen has become the kitchen, not really. I wish it was the kitchen of a taste of things, but it is uh the best kitchen of my dreams at the moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um okay, let's just rip the band-aid off now. Madam Webb. Or Madame Web, um, this fucking movie. What the fuck? I I don't like. Let's, my, my tirade on Flash like times like a thousand. Um, but at least nobody's trying to celebrate Flash like it's any type of a good film at all. Like the, it's pretty universally terrible. The opinion on this. Um, there's just so much wrong with it. They make. Every sin of what you don't do for exposition, every single thing you don't do for exposition, they do in this. Dakota Johnson is horrendously bad. Um, and the villain of the film, I've even forgotten who he is, he is even worse. And all of his stuff sounded like it was done in really bad ADR. Um, and the rest of the girls, um, like Is uh, Isabella Merced and City uh, Sweeney and the, the third girl, I'm forgetting her name as well. They keep teasing that they're superheroes at some point in the the future, but they never, ever get to it or make any allusions to it whatsoever. Like, it's just solidly around this Madame Webb character that clearly she doesn't even care about her own storyline. And, oh, my God. Guys, the, the, I think
0: I figured this out. I figured it out as, as Steve was talking. I know exactly what's going on. This was their way of killing Marvel. Like just putting the nail in, hitting it, it's but done. It's
1: adjacent though. It's Sony Marvel, which is Marvel adjacent, which is really sad because when all these girls got signed to do this film, they were like tagging their Instagram with the with Marvel Studios and all this stuff with this belief that it wasn't the truth. And nobody, nobody told them until it was way, 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 way too late. And the final scene of this movie is probably one of the most, one of the most hilarious moments in theaters in a long time. It felt like a kids in the hall sketch. And I was, I, I couldn't, I can't believe in a world where Warner brothers is canceling the Batgirl movie and cancels this Acme versus Looney Tunes movie that Sony was just like, we're going to release this in theaters. Unironically, I'm just, I, I'm so baffled. Because they
0: have integrity, at least. They made the fucking thing. They put money into it. Yeah, they're going to release it. I think that that's a much, even if it's the worst movie I see this year, I'm still going to see it. And mm-hmm. honestly, the fact that they've ma- they've decided to put it out against like Warner Brothers' best intentions, fuck them, yeah, when it Zazz comes Love to not releasing movies, mm-hmm. th- that is the lamest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. So good for Sony for at least putting it out there and letting people figure it out on their own whether it's any good or not. I mean yeah. sorry, hot button issue for me. I I, I really <laughs> have an, a problem with studios writing off entire projects as a tax write-off. That's mm-hmm. just yeah, it, it it's so wrong on so many levels. Um mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. Uh, no, no <laughs> so words.
2: It's just a question about the film. Did it feel like it was like edited to hell?
1: Yeah. There's there's 2,700 cuts in the movie. Wow, it's what yeah, That's minutes? from the director. That's directly from the director. And
3: I was like, it's tally- pretty bad editing if you could count that high yeah. while you were watching it, Steve.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I know, right? Like, I, I'm like tallying it up in the notebook. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't even count that fast. There's some. The, there's a sequence where she goes off of the bridge in the car, and there are. So many cuts in just that car dropping into the water. Wow. So yeah, I, I couldn't even can't keep up with it. So yeah, fuck that movie. Just so I register on my letterbox, I give it half a star. Just so I just registered that I gave it a review. <laughs> Cause it's just bad. I didn't want people to think that I had any sort of affinity for it by giving it no stars. But, uh, um, I've, you guys have probably already talked about this. I saw the pet, the latest Petzl film, uh, A Fire, all a beer. It's fucking fantastic. I just adore every second she's on screen. Um, there's a, I think it's a Canadian film, Suze, with uh, Michaela Watkins and uh, Charlie Gillespie, which I thought was really kind of adorable. Um, basically about uh, a woman that is put in charge of caring for her daughter's ex-boyfriend who she can't stand. And uh it's just a it's a good like a good comedy that felt like it had a a nice reality to it. And I like Michaela Watkins getting a lead role. She's always underrated in my opinion. Um should should I let you talk about Lisa Frankenstein? Maybe (laughs) not you want a dog pile (laughs) onto mine. Uh because I didn't hate this movie um, it's like, they're definitely trying to do Beetlejuice meets Heather's and slap those together, especially with the aesthetic. Um, I love the soundtrack of it. I adore Catherine Newton. Um, there is a line in it about a contraceptive sponge that me and my friend laughed our asses off. They just thought it was such a good line. Um, there's simple charms to it. And it, it, it was okay. Not great.
0: It's by far, I've seen some mediocre movies so far this year is by far <laughs> the worst thing I've seen this year. I I was so disappointed. I just, it, and I agree. Like there are a couple of things that I think are redeemable. Like the production design, I think is really good. The soundtrack I thought was awesome. Um, both the score and the soundtrack itself. And there are like moments that are, that like work, but man, this thing was such a slog. It, I just, I can't believe how far, how far we've come from, um, uh, what was, uh, what was, um. Juno and Jennifer's body. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer's body is genius. This feels, I, yeah, it's, it's just so bad. Like, I, I just didn't find the dialogue, any of it worked like every once in a while there was a funny line, but there are so Few and far between, and the movie just feels so disjointed. and The tone is totally off, and the story itself I don't think really works. Like, I, I, I yeah, mm. it, it uh, for me, it was a complete miss. I just, I was so disappointed by how just mediocre and really kind of terrible it is. It's not even mediocre, it's like downright bad as far as I'm concerned
2: i'm sorry marina it's not
0: your fault don't worry i just i did watch it on the like from one comment that you said that you were kind of laughing i'm like okay well we'll give this a go and admittedly the trailer looks fun um i just it it was just so not good and i had zero expectations no I, it wasn't I the expectations it's just not a good movie
2: i didn't like it either but i and holy crap this would have been completely unwatchable without Catherine newton she's oh for sure pretty great yeah Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's got some laughs. Uh but uh yeah, it's it's definitely not the best film I've seen this year. It's like a two out of five all day.
0: Oh, I think I gave it one and a half. I like yeah, I did. I was so disappointed. <laughs> it just did not work for me at all.
1: I gave it a three. <laughs>
0: I saw that. I saw that. I see you. I
1: see you. I know. I know. I know you do. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to end off. Cause I, I do have a bunch more, but I'm going to end off with, uh, uh, I watched, uh, last early last week. I watched spaceman with, uh, Adam oh, Sandler, yeah. uh, Carrie Mulligan and the voice of Paul Dano. And I, I dug it. it it's, it's weird in in a way I like it. It is flighty and existential. And also like got this like emotional core to it. Um, Sandler and drama, always i always dig it and the director told sandler before filming this that he didn't want the sandler voice in that in this film and holy shit did the sandman come through like he does not sound like himself in it um it is definitely because it's based on a Czech book it is so check coded because he's a he's a check uh, astronaut right uh and um I just thought it was really good. Carrie Mulligan never misses. She's just she's she's always right on the bullseye, and a soft-spoken Paul Dano as the voice of the spider is so oddly comforting.
0: It totally I just, is.
1: I just want Paul Dano just to speak to me, tiny human. Just, just
0: uh, it's, it's it's skinny it's human, bad. skinny human, skinny human, skinny human, skinny human. I I the and I'm totally with you. I was surprised. I mean, we all know at this point that Adam Sandler, when he puts like some effort into things, not that he never puts effort into anything he does. I mean, clearly the guy is prolific. He puts a lot of effort into everything, but he's in in the dramatic role. He tends to be quite good and he's so good here. Um, And yeah, I was I didn't think the movie was like working for me the way it was. And then at the end, I was crying like I was literally wiping away tears. I'm like oh, that was really touching. What Mm -hmm. a sad, sad movie about an astronaut. You know, remembering the things that, you know, you overlook that, you know, it's it's just such a human story. Like, Mm -hmm. I found it super touching. And yeah, uh, the fact that they managed to make a a spider, like I, like spiders are my kryptonite. Like anything with multiple legs, I'm just like, like beetles. Like if it's got more than six legs, I'm freaking out. Like it's just creeps the hell out of me the fact they've made a spider like not creepy like the first time i saw it i was like a fucking spider and it's a giant spider at that first it's small and then it's a giant spider mm-hmm. and i'm like can i watch a spider for an entire movie and then you kind of start to warm up to it and part yeah. of it is Paul Dano, and part of it's the fucking design of that spider yeah. it's like oh it's so sweet it's so nice and soft Smoothie's yeah, gorgeous, that movie's like surprisingly too. worked on me like big time. I was like legit t- tears at the end. So there's that.
1: It's gorgeous. It is a thoroughly is gorgeous looking movie, too. It, it never doesn't, it, it it always looks interesting. Yeah. Every shot is really interesting. I love the stuff of him in the spacesuit in the creek. The, they, the poster on Letterboxd for it is that as well. And I just, I love that imagery so much. And, uh, Johan Renk, he's a, he's a music video director, like a Danish music video director.
0: Well, he made Downloading Nancy, which is a movie I full-heartedly oh, okay. like, stand behind. Check that, out. that movie is legit amazing. Okay. Maria Bello is fucking spectacular, but it's not a movie you can just like, well, let's recommend this to people because it is not an easy watch and it's very divisive, mm. but it's a movie that I really, 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 really like. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna be okay.
1: I've written that down. I need to see that. It's really I, good. I, I really like the the this filmmaker. I think he's he's interesting. That's I it like for it. me. That's I have more, but I'm not gonna drone on
4: about
0: it. I'll, I've got some stuff. I also kind of just picked the greatest hits package, um, "Bleeding Love," which is. Um, uh, Ewan McGregor and Clara McGregor. I, I I don't know if it's her debut, but it's basically his daughter. It's a road trip film about a mother, uh, a father and a daughter. And it's not really clear why they're on this road trip until like, you know, half hour into the movie. It's okay. Like the movie itself is okay. I think it's really watchable because they're both like super charismatic. Like Ewan McGregor is Ewan McGregor. And she has the same sort of like energy and spark on screen. Um, and they play off each other really, really well. They play father and daughter on screen as well. Um, I couldn't help but think, I'm like, is this some like exercising demons happening on screen? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't know what Emma, the director, Emma Westenberg's role in this relationship is, but it kind of did feel like it was also like a really personal story. But it's 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 good. It, it's pretty solid and the performances are really what make it stand out. It's it's a pretty uh, pretty good little road movie. What's that one, um, one called again? uh bleeding love
1: i've never even heard of that one that one sounds really really good I'm, I'm
0: into pretty that. solid um memory which is uh, michael Frankel's new film and then i was thinking after i saw this i'm like when did he get soft not that the movie <laughs> is an easy watch but like compared to some of the earlier stuff that i saw is this felt like a really soft movie and then i remembered he also made sundown and i'm like okay it's not that he's soft he's just like shifting focus I was, I was, was like, are you, are you
2: saying Sundown is soft? That movie no, was, that movie no. Was yeah, and the, yeah, and that's the one right before, right? That's that's the last one,
0: concerned.
1: right? Sundown, yeah. I think, is his best. In my opinion, that's... No, 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 no. The other... um, New Order. New Order is the last one. No, no I think I, it
0: was New Order and then Sundown and now that Did
1: they get released in different order then?
0: uh, I don't and know. I, I saw New Order at a festival, so I'm not sure. And,
1: and his first film was called Chronic. I saw it at Riff. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one at, that year as well.
0: But either way, there is press what I was getting at is there's precedence for an mm. intimate story about two people going through a really hard time. Um, and Jessica Chastain is like a queen. <laughs> I think we overlook her because she's so good in everything. She's so good here. Oh. And 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 Peter Sarskirt is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful story about like loss and like the, the title of it, Memory is so good on so many different levels. Like it so works for this storyline. Um, it's beautiful and really hard to watch in, in places. Mm-hmm. Just I s- stuff.
1: I saw Brian Tiller describe it as a story about a, uh, a man that can't remember and a woman that remembers way too much.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect indication because that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. These two people on the opposite ends of memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Miller's Girl uh, literally I watched <laughs> this because of Jen Ortega I'm like you put Jen Ortega and Martin Freeman in a movie together this is Marina Fodder right here and it's so it, it's not great <laughs> she basically plays an oversexed teenager who um, has you know feelings for her English teacher and Martin Freeman is this older teacher who maybe thinks a little too highly of himself and the two (laughs) things collide and it's both really fun to watch and really problematic. Um, But admittedly, I think the fact that it's written and directed by a woman helps a lot because it does have that different sort of sensibility to it, but it's essentially the story that you think it is when you read the, the log line, which is student falls in love with teacher or the other way around. I actually think they say, Teacher falls in love with the student, which is probably more accurate in this case. It's it has some really fun moments and some really kind of icky, icky imagery that I'm like, I don't know if I really need that in my mind, but and Freeman are actually really good. Both of them are really good at it. So there's that. I, I really did enjoy it for all the the creepiness of it. It reminded me of like a 90s like weird thriller something that jennifer lynch would have made is actually the thing that came to <laughs> mind i don't know why but it, that, that was that was the comparison that came to me um anyone but you which steve did you just say you just watched yeah
1: this? i just watched oh, it I last watched. night yeah
0: i love this movie <laughs> it's, it's so fun. Much fun it's so much fun honestly give me all the glenn powell at this point i will just take all the glenn powell all the time I I'm, mean, I'm even, even the new Twisters trailer. Even, even, the, I saw <laughs> Twisters trailer and I'm like, give me <sighs> all <of> Glenn Powell. <laughs> that movie, I'm not sure. Well, yeah.
2: He's, but, he's, he's the lead in the new Richard Linklater film, Hitman, which everyone yeah, knows is, is, is going to be a huge film. So, yeah, I'm yeah, It is for the that. year
0: of Glenn Powell. And then I rewatch I just rewatched Top Gun Maverick and I'm like, I never would have thought that this guy was going to be the guy, but we're there. Mm-hmm. We're there. We're there.
1: I um, knew I saw that. I, I felt that, that there was a star power coming from when when I saw him and everybody wants some. And I was like, mm. he's the charmer. He's the charmer. He's coming out of that one. And and his and him on Scream Queens. I think he was so great on that show. Um, I that haven't I, seen that. I, I, I felt like it was eventually coming. I mean, that show is worth watching for him and Jamie Lee Curtis alone. Because she's amazing in that show. Um, actually, and I really like Emma Roberts in it. She's she's really good. Um, but yeah, and as far as Twisters go, I, I'm willing to give it a chance because this is the, this is uh, the Minari I'm director
2: follow-up. of the Mar- director of Minari.
1: Exactly. So I, I'm willing to give it a chance just so, just because I love Minari so much, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is still like the weirdest transition if I've ever seen one. Absolutely
1: ever. is absolutely uh,
0: anyone but you i thought was a real really fun like it's it is what it is but sydney sweeney and uh, glenn powell have really good chemistry it was a really fun watch i I really enjoyed it i thought it was good fun um,
1: put, like r-rated rom-coms are really the direction they need to go in
0: i'm, I'm okay just with much that.
1: more there's just much more they can do within the.
0: i'm okay with that um okay it's shifting gears almost completely to kill a tiger might be one of the most difficult watches I've had in a long time. And I'm putting zone of interest up there. This movie is such an uncomfortable watch. Uh, I, I, I just don't even like, so it's a documentary, um, about, uh, a father who, while a young woman, while a girl, she's 13, who is gang raped in a small village in India and her father um decides that he's going to pursue charges against the the three men and it doesn't sound like this should be an imp- like the the movie that it is but you have to take into consideration the fact of when it's taking place where it's taking place and it becomes this whole other thing about um um like community and uh like where we've come from and where we're going and Uh, where India is coming from and where it's going. It's just, it's working on so many levels. And this man is just, like, there are, I mean, I don't even know, like, there's a moment where he's sitting in a car with, like, a man from the village who is basically elected to represent the village in the public to the outside, and I don't. I still don't fully understand the whole dynamics of who is like the hierarchy of of how these villages are represented. But basically, what happens is, in the past, an incident like this would have been dealt with by the village as a whole. Um, And the father would never have been involved in making the decision to take this to court. But there are new rules in place that kind of give families and individuals an opportunity to pursue charges. And so he's sitting in the car with this guy who's been elected by the village, and they've been trying to get him to testify for months. Like this goes on for like 14 months, and the entire thing is documented. And they're literally sitting in the back of the car going to the city where he's going to testify. And the father's been trying to get this guy on the phone for like 15 or 20 minutes because he's nowhere to be found and they're sitting in the back of the car and the, the the father is saying um i i didn't think you were gonna come i've been trying to reach you and the guy like to him turns to him and says i'm not a loser i have better things to do with my time and my heart like i just i lost it i started crying uncontrollably and i'm like oh my god I just I don't know if I can deal with this. This movie was gut wrenching. I just don't even know. And I'm getting teary eyed just thinking about it. It's so powerful. I don't think it will like win an Oscar, but the fact that it's in the race and people are actively seeing it is so important because it is such an important story and such an important message. And full kudos um, to Nisha Pahuja who directed this. And followed this family. I don't know how she came to this story. Um, but holy crap, it's so important. It is like by far the most important thing I've seen this year. It's so good. So, and it's streaming for free on the National Film Board website and on the app. So really easy to find if you're in Canada. Um, can't recommend it highly enough. It's amazing. It's like just over two hours. You never feel it, but it's every at every turn, it's like another gut punch. You need more here's some more it's just it's just nonstop It's such a hard watch but so so worth it so worth it. sorry yeah it's really good. Kill the tiger amazing 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 um and uh finally, on a lighter note, <laughs> um code eight part two is actually a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: Sweet. I haven't watched it yet. I think I was going to watch it tonight. So.
0: Yeah, I uh, I came to Code Eight like very late. I think I saw a trailer for Code Eight Part Two. And I'm like, what is this thing? And so I went looking for it, and it's been like this long winded thing that started as a short film and then became a movie that nobody saw, and then somebody saw it, and it became a thing on Netflix. And then Netflix is like, oh, a lot of people saw this thing. Let's make another one. So they made another one, and it's it's fine. It's uh um it's a Like, it's clearly, like, a step up from Code 8. They clearly had a better budget. So the story is a lot more involved. The special effects are way more advanced. Um, And Robbie Amell is still the best part of this movie. (laughs) He really is the best part of the first one. And he's the best part of this one. That said, Stephen Amell is not bad. Like, I generally don't like him. I have other issues with Stephen Amell, but he plays a pretty good villain. Um, And the movie is actually, like, a pretty decent one. So I thought it was fun that's it that's all I
2: cool. have I don't have a lot as I said before I, I didn't really January and February are dumping grounds for shitty films at the theater mm-hmm. so I don't go and mm-hmm. see shitty films I just don't <laughs> um, but then I say that and I saw I saw Night Swim which was as terrible as I thought it was going to be but I was bored one night it's a it's a January Blumhouse film like what the fuck did I expect it's Megan haunt, Haunted pool. Yeah. Megan's the, like the, the one thing that, you know, uh, yeah, it's a haunted pool with R- Wyatt Russell and Carrie Condon, a pretty decent, uh, cast there. Um, it's, especially Carrie. Damn. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. But, uh, the movie is terrible. Um, never see it. You've heard it from me and yeah, just never watch it. Um, I lasted approximately 15 minutes watching Mean Girls, the musical. <laughs> uh, it's, Just, I don't know if I'm old now, and just, the the singing drove me nuts, but I just just couldn't get my head around it. I I hated it so much.
0: It's not as, I didn't think it was anywhere near as good as the original, and the songs are, I'm not a big musical fan, so I don't know if I'm the best person to be talking about the music, but I found them okay, but not really catchy in like a long-term sort of way, so that I think really kind of detracts from it. But overall, I think it's pretty much like a duplicate of the original and it works fine. Like okay. it's, I, I thought it was okay. I, I mean, it's I'm definitely not the audience for it anymore. Um, I still think Mean Girls plays on a slightly better level, but I thought it was fine. But okay. the music I think is... Well, is going to be what either works or doesn't work for people. Like, if you like the music, you're probably going to enjoy it more than if you don't care for the music. And I found the music to be okay at best.
3: So I think like it's weird because I, so I still have I haven't seen it. I, it's not very high on my priority list, but I do find that this like so it started as a movie, it became a Broadway musical, and now this is a movie version of the movie plus the broadway musical. I find that all really bizarre. Like I guess someone greenlit this based on the popularity of Hamilton is what I'm guessing. Um but I do think it's kind of it's kind of a strange I don't know. I guess they're trying to add a new dimension to the reboot but mm-hmm. yeah, not super appealing to me either. Sorry Bill. There's- go ahead.
0: Yeah, there's no fetch let, let, the, the, the fetch the, let's try to make fetch happen is still a thing in this movie and I'm like fetch is coming gone kids
1: yeah it never <laughs> happened I, I like Anguri Rice a lot um, and I find Renee Rapp fascinating she's, she's a very interesting person um, I just I, I'm not a musical guy and I just don't see the fucking point of this whatsoever <laughs> I'm still trying to gear up to watch the color purple right now
2: so just like, don't that, do it that Dude, didn't work for me at all, do all do either so yes. yeah.
0: <laughs> i didn't finish that one
2: yeah i, I legit either.
0: did not finish it i was like this is not happening it's no two thing. hours and
1: 20 minutes as well this is
0: why i did not finish it i just fuck, no appeal man. and Wait, i'm see. sorry there's something like if you do see it i would be curious on your take on that opening number because it like okay. like we all know what could the color purple is about so it's really yeah. weird to see you know black people like like it just feels the whole thing just feels off like this is just makes no sense
1: I just got a Warner just sent me the 4k of the original 85 film recently. So I just kind of rewatched that film and I'm still like, how the fuck do you make this a musical? Yes. Why? Don't. Why do you make this a musical? I understand. It's just like Quincy Jones always apparently saw this one for a long time as eventually becoming a musical. I don't get it. I don't. It's uncomfortable to me.
3: Yeah. But also why like I don't see the point of remaking a film that was pretty much perfect the first time they made mm-hmm. it like mm-hmm. what, like why, what, like, yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Why, why do you need to update something to bring it to new audiences? Like mm-hmm. that's why I appreciate the, like the remasters like so much because like putting something back into theater that, that mm-hmm. came out a long time ago and finding new audiences that way is so much, it's a much better strategy to me, I think than, I I mean, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't make the kind of money that, mm-hmm. I, that a re-release does, but um yeah, it's just so unfortunate because, uh, yeah, the color purple from the '80s is such, just such a brilliant movie. It's like brilliant on so many levels. The casting is perfect, um, the story is perfect, the approach is perfect. Like, why would you want to mess around with that? It doesn't make any sense.
1: I don't know, yeah. but I shudder to think what they're going to do to Schindler's List soon. Um, <laughs> musical. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. <laughs> well, I mean, because what? Because. Color purple is 85. Shinless with list was 94? 94. 94,
0: 95. That sounds about right.
1: Did, I I'm, just did say, I? I'm just saying where the way things are trending.
2: Did, did you, you guys hear about that that quote Spielberg put out about zone of interest? Yes. That's yeah, high, high, yeah. high, high praise. Best, best Holocaust film since the one I made. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair. Yeah. My
1: favorite thing, my favorite Spielberg moment recently was the direct the the director of uh, Godzilla minus one getting to present him with a Godzilla, thing, and then him saying to your movie was incredible, because like, <laughs> it was
4: yeah
1: yeah right he's like he's like okay I can you can put me in a pine box and put me underground now I'm done, but he's not I've there. Made, I've, I've hit I've no he's not but I've he's
0: got more moment. Godzilla movies to happen. Right. hopes.
1: So. I still haven't seen minus one because
2: there's no way for me to see it here yet. So, is Godzilla gonna upset Oppenheimer at the Oscars?
0: Oh, for visual effects, yes. yes. Actually, no. A- Actually, no. I think the creator is gonna upset all of them.
2: Really? That's my prediction. Oh, really?
0: For v-, v for VFX, yeah. I for think blending. the race. I think How the well right ra- yeah. I think rice the the race now is a uh, creator vis- versus Godzilla. I think it's come down to the indies. For sure. And and, and the creator won at the VS Awards. It it wrapped up a lot of awards. So, Ooh. like, I, my money was on Godzilla going into it, but now I think the creator is the one that is the one to beat. That's a never nice I still think that they
3: pulled off that movie with such a small budget. Like,
0: it, yeah. that just blows it's my insane. mind. Like, yeah, there's there's a really fantastic like a really fantastic sort of making of the effects of Godzilla minus one, where the, like it's like 15 minutes long, and they show you the process of the making of the film and how they managed to make those visual effects with such a small team. And it is it was the conversation at Spark FX when we had our speakers' dinner and when we were talking to the speakers from the various studios, because there was currently so much unrest and uncertainty in the industry it is going back to the small houses like i think we're done with the big denegs and ilms of the world and it's going to go down to basically who can do the work for the least amount it's become too bureaucratic like there are too many layers between the the artists and the creatives um and it's it's expensive and it's time consuming and now both godzilla and the creator have done well both in awards and box office-wise, that it it sets a precedent for what's to come. So I think this is the future of VFX, is the small indie houses. Talking from somebody that is only like vaguely in the industry. Um, but yeah, I've totally derailed the conversation. Sorry. We started this at Mean Girls, the musical.
2: This <laughs> never happened.
0: Back to you. Never happens.
2: <laughs> uh I saw the new uh Jason Statham film, The Beekeeper, which is surprisingly okay action film with some pretty fun dialogue from Statham about gotta keep the hive alive and the queen and all this stuff. It's really quite weird. It is very strange, but he's he's so watchable. And there's a really fun kill where he attaches a guy to his truck and drives the truck, and all you hear is the guy going... Flying across the so screen, good. it's so good. I I, I, laughed, good. I laughed a little more than I probably should watching this movie for a, for a January 100%. Statham film, but uh, it's it's got some fun stuff. Uh, it's it's not a huge recommend, but it's not also not a a not recommend.
0: I'm with you. I second that.
2: Yeah.
1: I called it my sound of freedom. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Dispatching good. old people scammers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, let's get it.
2: Let's jump in. All yeah, right. it's, it was surprisingly decent. Uh the Bob Marley biopic is it's all right. Uh it should have been better. It's Bob Marley. Do better. Uh but he's good, right? He's good. Yeah. 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 Uh it's just it's just a standard, you know, buy the books. You're, you already know most of his stuff. Uh, it's I hate biopics. Jeez.
0: Wait, wait, so wait, it's not a documentary, it's a biopic. <laughs> it's a biopic hey,
1: Kingsley Ben Adir plays Bob in the movie.
0: Who I adore. Yeah,
1: he's me awesome. too.
2: Me he's, too. He's great, but bad. Yeah. It's a pretty standard film.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, that sucks. At least I got the rights to the music, which would have made it even worse if they hadn't. Yeah, it's
1: not an All By My Side with uh, Andre 3000 playing a uh, uh, Jimmy Hendrix.
2: <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, the last thing I saw was, a, a Netflix doc called the greatest night in pop about the, uh, the making of we are the world, uh, which only happened because, uh, there was an American music awards in Los Angeles one night. And every star who sang was in Los Angeles for one night. So after the award show, they went and cut a song. And It's pretty cool seeing all these like huge, like artists when they're younger. And, uh, it's 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 a good watch it's it's a i like i like music docs they're fun is there any mention of how pissed off bob dylan was
1: during this well not pissed off there was video yeah there is video video he's like
0: yeah
1: the music video when he's like he's just he's not singing he looks like i would rather be anywhere (laughs) but here
3: i think he was mad at himself because if you watch the movie like he his part Awful. It they is have really recorded bad. Recorded so many times because he can't even remember the fucking line. Like it's all aw- it's awful. So I think whatever frustration you're registering in the video
0: it was is is all directed at himself. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> okay, agreed. For honestly, <laughs> for me, this was like the epitome of event planning because this is so what Pay everybody. On tra- it this is this is this is basically what i do for a living it's like try to find the event that is close enough to whatever i'm doing that i can get everybody here because their calendar is open and it's cheaper to fly (laughs) them to vancouver and then on the days of like trying to manage the people because people management is the worst part of this job everybody's got their own you know set of things that they're dealing with and there's egos to deal with and yeah, this was for me like a masterclass in ego management. <laughs> the
2: best, the best part of the documentary was Lionel Lionel Richie storyteller.
0: Yes. He's well, like, it was basically his, him, right?
2: His his, his his story about going to Michael Jackson's house. Genius.
0: Yeah, there were some really <laughs> great moments in that. I, I enjoyed this as well. I thought it was. Yeah, good. It
2: was pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's it for me.
0: Melissa, well, what you got for us?
3: Well, I have very little because I was on holidays this this month. I went to Mexico, so
0: nice. <laughs> it's like way better than being stuck here in this weather that doesn't know what it's doing. Is it yeah. snowing. Is it yeah. raining? That is it is snowing? True. It's doing both.
3: That that is true. It was like it was twenty eight degrees in Mexico City pretty much the whole time we were there, so it was lovely. We had a pool in our hotel, which made it extra lovely um but i do have to i have to give my thumbs down review to aero mexico because so the thing about international flights is i always get quite excited about the movie watching possibilities because that is typically where i watch the shitty blockbusters that i don't want to spend money on is i'll wait until i'm on a flight and then i'll be like okay now i have three hours to kill i'm gonna watch this giant blockbuster movie that i don't really care about well aero mexico unlike any other airline i've ever been on Their, um, their like translation service on the movies didn't work at all. So even English language movies played dubbed in Spanish. And even if you tried to set them to English, they continued to play dubbed in Spanish. So, uh, we just gave up. Like, um, my partner ended up watching, what did he watch? The Expendables 4, because he was like, well, it doesn't matter what they're saying. (laughs) I'm just watching. (laughs) So I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, so that was a bit of a letdown. Um, in terms of films that I've actually seen recently, um I, I finally caught up with the holdovers, and you guys were all right. I, I adored it as well. And Div- Divine Joy Randolph is just absolutely insanely amazing. Like I thought she was brilliant in the Eddie Murphy Dolomite film. Mm -hmm. But this is like, just like a, like she, like she is absolutely brilliant. And I love this. I like this, this casting of putting like three quite incredible character actors together and just having them play off of each other. And I also would really like the guy who invented the contact lenses. That (laughs) Paul Giamatti wears in this movie. He should get a fucking Oscar. Cause that whole movie, I was like, did I just never notice that Paul Giamatti had a lazy eye? And then I was like, wait a minute, is this the same eye? Like, is it the same eye? Like, what Mm -hmm. is going on here? And then, so I had to Google it after because I was like, this is like, how did I never notice? Um, And yeah, sure enough, it's, he doesn't. It's contact lenses. Um, Yeah, anyway. uh, So yeah, that I thought was quite brilliant. Um, Probably one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time was uh, Mia Culpa. Oh, so bad,
4: so bad. (laughs) I I, I didn't watch
3: the end of it. I got to be totally honest with you. Like you're not missing anything. Oh, wait. So how far did you get? Because the third act is just like a totally different movie. Well, I did see the paint sex scene, which was, you know, fine. I mean, they're both very attractive people. Uh, But then like, like it was just the writing is the clunkiest, clunkiest, most horrible writing. Ever and everyone
0: that film deserved better than that. So it's so Um, bad. Like honestly, like he goes to prison, spoiler alert, and then the movie still has another full act, which looks, feels, and sounds completely different. It sounds like a totally it's a totally different movie, just kind of like
3: still terrible, but still terrible and poorly written. Yeah. But it's yeah. a
0: different, like, it's legitimately a totally different movie. I was so
3: confused. <laughs> I couldn't, like, you know, like, I have said multiple times on this show that I am a completist. Like, when I start something, I, I finish it. It doesn't usually matter how bad it is. I stopped watching this movie. That kind of tells you all you need to know about how.
4: It's <laughs> so not good. so
3: not good. It's so, still um, not as bad as Lisa Frankenstein. <laughs> okay. I'll take wow. your word for that. I have not seen it. Um... And then, uh, yeah, and then mostly I've been watching a TV series because there's been a couple of really great drops recently. Uh, So the Mr. and Mrs. Smith uh, reboot with Donald Glover and Maya Erskine is fucking brilliant. It's so good. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect because I was really disappointed when Phoebe Waller-Bridge dropped out of it. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, I don't know how this is going to go. Um, I thought it was a really, really interesting take on the in, uh, on the original premise of that movie. Um, and the two of them together, they're just so brilliant. They have such great chemistry. Donald Glover is just infinitely watchable. Um, so yeah, I thought that was fantastic. And also Parker Posey shows up in it, which instantly elevates everything. Um, so yeah, so that was great. And then um, and then I also caught up with the new Netflix series uh, one day which essentially is sort of like a reboot of the 2011 movie starring Anne Hathaway and Jim Sturgis, which I also quite loved. Like when that came out, I thought it was like, it was a really great movie. The ending surprised me cause I had never read the book. Um, and this is really well done. The Netflix series, the casting is fantastic. They're so great. Um, and yeah, it was just a, quite a lovely a lovely way to spend whatever it is eight or ten hours or however many episodes it is.
0: I just I just started that so I'm happy to hear because I have two episodes in and I'm really enjoying it and I'm with you I love the movie I thought it was really good not yeah. as good as the book the book is like make you cry like like visibly cry as you read it but I, I quite enjoyed the movie and since you mentioned TV shows can I just say Shogun is fucking Shogun rules. Shogun rules Shogun oh, is so like good. on another level and then so the I creative BC put out a, a whole thing about how it was shot in Port Coquitlam. And I'm like, how the fuck did I miss this? <laughs> and then Dan casually pointed out, we went for a bike ride to Port Coquitlam a couple of years ago. It was the, like the height of the pandemic. And there was a pirate ship floating around inside the little Harbor there. And we just assumed it was some event that was happening. It was the fucking pirate ship from <laughs> Shogun. Yeah.
1: And Cosmo Jarvis is doing this Richard Chamberlain impression that is fucking amazing it I is have so one compl- fucking good
0: i only have one complaint only one when does portuguese sound like english that's no, all i want to know never. since when is portuguese english but i understand the decision to do it this way but as a portuguese person i'm like really i know we're horrible human beings in the past but at least give us some credit for the language <laughs> mm-hmm. but, and, okay uh, I, that's how i saw about that
1: and Hiroyuki Sonata is always good. Like, oh, so good. Always good. But how amazing is Nestor Carbonell? This, this show is
0: series? on another he's, level. It is so good. Oh, as soon as he
1: showed up, I'm like, oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Like he's a so just slimy addition.
0: human. I like, love the it. Slimiest of human.
1: It's so great though. Like, it is good. I, I, yeah, I dug into this series right away. And I remember watching the original series with my uncle. Um, and uh, so I have that nostalgia for this story, but um, yeah, I mean, boiling a dude alive in episode one, and it's is like holy fuck!
0: And you <laughs> just keep <laughs> hearing it, it and hearing yeah. it. Oh. Yeah,
1: yeah. My my wife tapped out in that scene. She's like, "I'm out."
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say I, if it was going to go on a lot longer, I was going to tap out as well. But no, we. But that's the it.
1: point, right? That's yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. I I, yeah. It's very all good. good, very good. Good stuff.
0: Bill, by any chance, are you able to entertain us on what's coming up in the coming weeks?
2: <laughs> well, Marina, what are your thoughts on Kung Fu Panda 4? I'm seeing it Thursday. Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's another Kung Fu Panda movie. Whoosh, whoosh. No, whoosh. <laughs> whoosh.
2: Skadoosh.
0: Skadoosh, thank Skidoosh. you. Skadoosh. This is how much I remember of Kung Fu Panda.
2: I don't remember the key phrase. So, so a show of hands, other than Steve, who's seeing Kung Fu Panda 4?
0: Eventually.
2: Okay. Yeah. Hey, I do, man.
3: I, like, I'm like. i glad Jack Black gets a paycheck. I don't, you yeah. know, it's
0: fine. fine. He's hilarious.
1: Like, I didn't dislike any of the movies leading up to this
0: yeah. one. No, they're fine.
2: Uh, there's some horror uh, movie called Imaginary, where your imaginary friend comes and kills you or something. It's a Blumhouse film. Enough said. Uh there's a Netflix movie called Damsel with Millie Bobby Brown, which I thought the trailer looked kind of good. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of in with that one.
0: Yeah, me yeah. too. That trailer looks fun.
2: Yeah. Uh The American Society of Magical Negroes. The
0: reviews on this have not been good.
2: No, it's played Sundance. I thought it'd be better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Love Lies Bleeding. I know Steve's all over that one. Yes. Me yes. too. Yeah.
1: Rose Glass, new Rose Glass, new
2: Rose yeah. Glass, new Rose Glass. Sorry. She, oh, come on, come on. Did she make Saint Maud? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Love that movie.
4: Love oh, that I'm movie.
1: all about that movie. I I was a defender of that movie. I, I remember so that was good. the year for defending horror movies. It was defend that or defend Lamb. That was. That was that year. I
0: I would say mod was really good. I I, I the impression that that was well received. Was, was it, it not? I
1: loved it. Yeah. The, it, I thought it was it felt, great. It, it was a lot of like for some of the film on Twitter, it was a lot
2: of like, oh A24 is falling off with this one. And it's like did you watch this All right.
4: movie?
2: Uh, there's a movie of VIF that I saw called the Animal Kingdom opening. It's got uh Adele X Richopolis in it. It's Ooh. quite good. It's about uh People, certain people in society, start becoming animals, and this the world kind of rebels against it. And they be, they could become like um, ostracized. It's it's quite good. Uh, I liked it. It's got it's got it's, a, it's cool special effects. Uh, the story is pretty good. Uh, what else? Uh, ooh, Roadhouse. Twenty first. On, yeah. Oh, not 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 in theaters, but on. Uh, Amazon Prime.
0: Oh, the drama around this movie not being yeah. released theatrically! Like, just give it up already. We're yeah. gonna see it anyways. Like, Jesus.
2: Yeah. Jamie, One, who I was don't... gonna
0: go pay money to see this in the theater? Nobody. Nobody. Pretty much. Would like I'm it. with you, Melissa. I'll watch it happily on Amazon. No yeah. problem. If it was opening, I was I'd be like, yeah, maybe in a couple of weeks when it's on streaming.
2: Was it the director? I like, would go see it. Wasn't the director like this is Jake Gyllenhaal's best performance of all time, but we can't have it on Amazon Prime. Have we not? Really seen Doug, any? Lyman that? Yeah. Doug Lyman said that? Doug Lyman said that? Oh, Ooh. dude. Like, what?
1: <laughs> but I, I'm on the I'm on the, the, the side of, of for me, Doug Lyman's made more movies that I enjoyed than he's made that I'm I didn't you. enjoy. Uh, there you. are movies of his I haven't enjoyed, but largely I've enjoyed pretty much a lot of his movies.
3: I'm with but you. This movie is such a weird movie to reboot. Like it's, it is. it's so fucking it's so kitschy. It's not like anybody was like, oh, Roadhouse was a brilliant movie. It's not a brilliant movie. It's like it's a sh- it's kind of a shitty movie that's charming because Patrick Swayze's in it.
0: This is exactly like, it. It is a shitty movie that Patrick Swayze is in. I still don't understand. And it's only guys that like Roadhouse Man, this movie is the best. It is fucking not the best. This movie is passable at best. Your key-saving moment. Patrick Sweezy. That is I'll, it.
1: I'll I'll also raise a Sam Elliott, but I get it.
0: Okay,
3: well, okay. I'll sure. give you Sam Elliott. I That's I get sure. it.
1: And sure. I really hope that Post Malone's playing the Jeff Healy role. <laughs> <laughs> Like, think Post that's Malone is in this. Post Malone's in this. I love Post Malone, and this goes beyond just film stuff. Like, I just love Post Malone. I think he had one of the best <laughs> albums the last year. Wait, so. have you
0: seen the J Lo music video for her? Like, no, her I have, but I album. heard I
1: need to because it's Post- my, my, the- my sister in law says it's the craziest train wreck ever.
0: It's <laughs> not a train like, I don't think it's a train to. wreck. It is, it is no? what it is, but it, like, you are going to love it. <laughs> if you love Post Malone, you're going to fucking love nice. it
2: good po- Post good Malone guy. during COVID did a big Nirvana tribute on YouTube, and it's brilliant. It's killer. So good. He's yeah, so at Leverita, It's really good. Oh, He's so great. talented.
4: Post
3: kind of like the musical equivalent of Maddie matheson for food. <laughs>
2: <Because> <laughs>
1: Maybe a little bit. A little so- bit boomers hate him <laughs> until they actually hear his music, and they're like, oh.
0: <laughs> kind it's kind of just catchy. because they see him and they're yeah. like, who is this yeah. guy with face yeah. tattoos He's a guy
1: that's regret that one. He isn't all
4: around. Sorry.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he'll regret it with his now. millions of dollars.
2: He'll regret it all, I'm sure. <laughs> I thought this was coming later in the year, but I guess I'm wrong. Uh, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. I got yeah. my ticket already. Yeah. That seems rather early. Is there something wrong with that film?
0: Um. I haven't heard anything bad. I will tell you that they were literally finishing visual effects up until last week.
4: Wow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Last week, I think is when the final artist kind of said, okay, we're done.
1: I'm, I have fun with these. Still, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I liked. I liked the the pre predecessor to yeah. this one with yes. the kids. Yeah, afterlife. I, kid, I yeah. enjoy.
1: I enjoyed afterlife. I thought that was quite good. And so afterlife this. also got tears out of me. So whatever.
2: <laughs> and last but not least, uh, Godzilla X Kong. There it is.
0: <laughs> no. So no, no. no. I'm sorry. The upgrade we gave him an upgrade? What the actual fuck?
2: No. The the, actual here, fuck? here's the problem. Nobody's opening anything against Dune.
0: Which is fine by me. I just I no. I don't have to go and see Godzilla versus Kong. I'm not going to. And at that's least, the same studio. Yeah, yeah well. Legendary, legendary at this point is just like dollar bills, man. Dollar dollar bills.
1: And they're making them. Yeah.
0: This is it. This is it.
1: So we got a a Mortal Kombat coming soon as well. And like just a bunch of weird uh, legendary Warner Brothers team ups and stuff. So.
4: Well, this you is, know, this what?
1: is a big money year for them.
2: We were supposed wow. to have the the new Bong, Bong Joon Ho film on the, the same day, but it got delayed till next year. Yeah, Mickey Seventeen. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I'm pissed about this. I'm just lucky that we could salvage not only Dune, but we get Bike Riders as well. At because that's
2: June
0: now. Yeah, I think that's later June twenty
1: third or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. So like, I, I'm looking at this. This it's just it does not get better. I think there's okay, not Okay,
3: so we're doing Love Lies Leading then, right? Yeah, hopefully. Right? Yeah, but if like, I can
2: get it. This
1: is this okay. is this is like this is what I exactly what I want to do and like my soundtrack will be will will be that film for sure. I have a theater um, locally that's but, already
2: selling tickets for it, so I'm getting it for sure.
1: <sighs> well, you're in Victoria, that makes sense.
4: Well, well, we'll I'm definitely be back.
1: I'm in Penticton, where where A Sound of Freedom was in this theater for two fucking months. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: So you're gonna have Dune for a
1: year. I'm. I get in
3: your car and drive to Kelowna, yeah, Steve. I know. For love and doing. lives, of eating, you can do uh, it. You can do it for Kristen Stewart. Come on.
1: I definitely can. I definitely can. And for a uh, ed harris
3: Harris, yeah
1: <laughs> oh man i'm just every time I, when i saw that new trailer i was like oh it is in my movie this is my movie yeah i'm excited and there was one that a24 dropped the trailer for yesterday a horror film that everyone's getting excited about it lo- the tr- the poster kind of looks like a poltergeist homage i don't I forget what it's called right now but oh, apparently it looks insane about
0: the t- yeah there's something about a tv I did see that and I thought it looked pretty interesting. Uh, and there, there's that. And I'm also
1: wondering if there's going to be a, a sooner release date for that. The, the um, that David Dasmet. I can't even say his last name. Uh, it's like late night with the devil. And it's like a late night talk show. And it's. Um, I would heard of Yeah. I have David Malchian, I think that's his last name.
4: Oh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I posted the trailer for it on my Instagram and I was like, this is going to be the movie. So
2: I'm hoping that sooner than later. I think the next big movie after that is uh, the Alex Garland film, Civil War.
1: Oh, I can't wait. Psyched
2: Uh, psyched
1: for that movie.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Dan's like, are we really going to have to go see this? I'm like, you don't have to, but I'm definitely going to (laughs) go. Give me the biggest screen possible. Please and thank you.
2: Sounds so, so so just out of curiosity, who's watching the Oscars next weekend? Yep. Everybody? Pretty much? Yeah, I'll them? be
0: watching. Yep. Yep. I actually watched the SAG Awards. Honestly, like I never, I don't think I've ever watched the SAG Awards, but it was streaming live on Netflix. And I'm like, okay, why not? The red carpet was terrible, but the awards show itself was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And literally the next day, they dropped Devil Wars Prada. And I'm like, thank you, fucking Netflix. I will take it. Thank you very much. They they dropped Devil Wears Prada and Top Gun Maverick on the same day. Like, that's my weekend. <laughs> Sorry. I'm done. That's amazing. I'm done. I literally watched Devil Wears Prada that very same day. Okay. I, I, so I don't have the patience.
3: I feel like I don't have the patience anymore to sit through the award shows. I do like. I'll watch like the the updates, the highlights. You know, like the well, the updates. Like, like usually, like the Guardian or CBC or somebody will have like a you know like a run live one what, and then and then I'll watch like the highlights the next day of the stuff that is like worth watching. I yeah. am like I am excited that Ryan Gosling is actually singing the the Ken the Ken
1: yeah mm-hmm. Me too. I'm Ken. Yeah. It's gonna
0: be great. It's
1: gonna be yeah. I want Mark Ronson to play the drums. I want Mark Ronson to be the somewhere on stage there.
2: If I if I could have two like out of the blue upsets, it'd be Giamatti mm-hmm. and Robot Dreams.
0: Oh yeah, Robot Dreams would be yeah.
2: amazing. It's not oh, gonna gosh. win. There's two, two other way bigger films that.
0: Spider-Man is taking it. It's Spider-Man's to lose. If we're yeah. talking Oscar predictions, mm-hmm. it's Spider-Man's mm-hmm. to lose at this but point.
2: No Neon's just completely botched the uh Robot Dreams, so nobody's even seen it. No.
0: It's not coming well, out till May. It yeah. opens May 30th. Elevation
2: has except, it.
3: Except, except the Rio is playing it. The Rio Theater in Vancouver is playing robot dreams on Friday, March eighth. So if this gets edited, so two days we'll before They they are actually showing it at the Rio um, on Friday, March 8th. So if you're in Vancouver, you should get a ticket because this podcast unanimously agrees it was one of the best animated features of last year. One of the best feature films of last year, I would say. Mm
0: -hmm. I I agree 100%. It was on my top 10 list. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, people will get to see it. It's just, Mm -hmm. I think it was definitely a miss on Neon's part here.
1: But I'd say Divine and uh, Robert Downey
2: Jr. are the locks and supporting. I would think.
0: Yeah, that's my guess, too.
2: I'm mm-hmm. guessing Emma Stone, Lily Gladstone is a coin flip. I want to say Emma Stone it's
0: wins. Just, I, I think it's, it's going to be, be Lily. Lily. I agree. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be Lily Gladstone. Yes. Mm-hmm. At least I hope it's her. I mean Emma Stone. It really is like an p- unforgettable performance. But mm-hmm. I think this it would is be like Emma up.
3: Stone in any other year. But this yeah. year, it's gonna be. It's gonna yeah. be.
0: Hilarious. I agree, and yeah. it's deserving. She is yeah. amazing. Yeah. She's yeah, amazing.
1: Yeah, and Killian like, is
3: the It's like a night and day. It's a night and day difference between those two performances, right? Like one that is too. like reserved and so internal, and then the other one is just
4: completely
3: yeah. throwing everything at the wall.
0: And I don't think this is going to be of interest to anyone except for people that are into animation, but they've actually branched out the animation categories for next year. The Academy has a new branch, which does not happen very often, specifically for animation. So as of 2025, the best short animated film and the best animated film are going to be handled by a completely new branch that's actually led by industry experts, uh, like ind- industry professionals, which I think will make a difference in hopefully the voting. Because um, right now it's pretty much a given. And when you have a movie like Spider-Man, it's going to be a given anyways. But um, I think this opens the door for m- more variety in in that side of the, uh, of the Academy branches for sure. Yeah, it's
3: one of the things I've really appreciated about volunteering with Spark, Marina, is that I think my understanding of animation was so limited before I started being involved with Spark and doing screenings for Spark and seeing the kind of programming that you guys do. And just the like the variety of approaches to animation, the techniques that are used, the stories that get told. Um, and we just don't see enough of that in, mainstream, in the mainstream movie theaters.
0: Yeah, I think it's getting better for sure. And there are more studios making um interesting, varied styles and storylines. TV is really good for like TV or streaming, I guess, episodic, I should clarify, is a really good place for a lot of uh unique voices in animation for sure.
2: Speaking of animation, did anybody watch that uh Netflix animation with the Charlie Kaufman script?
0: Yes. Yeah. Is it good? It's it's very good. It's okay. weird because it is A Kaufman script in the mouth of children. So it is very, very odd. Like it's weird to have a kid talking like that. Uh, But thematically, it's really interesting. And visually, it's just stunningly beautiful. It's from the same producers that produced How to Train Your Dragon. Um, so it definitely has like the merit. I expect we're going to be hearing a little bo- more about this towards the end of the year when we start talking about awards consideration. I kind of feel like the release was weird. I don't know why they kind of just dropped it in February. Mm-hmm. It just seems strange. But um, it is good. It is yeah, good. I, I, Orion, something, Orion and the Dream. Orion
1: in the Dark. dark. Ryan in the dark and it's got yeah, Paul that, Walter Hauser's
2: voice in it
0: yeah, it's really good. it's beautiful too and that was the one really, that really was
2: good. the one thing I missed that I was like, oh shit I should
0: have yeah. watched that worth watching. I watched it that day one <laughs> I was like cool. okay, yeah,
2: I'll, ch- I'll check thanks. it okay.
0: out It's very good. it's very good um anything else before we call it a an episode we still went for <laughs> most mm-hmm. because that's how we roll apparently yep. All right. So, where can folks find you between now and our next episode, which will hopefully be in about two weeks' time and not another month?
2: Uh, okay, I'll go. Why not? Uh, I'm, I'm Bill Harris. Uh, I'm a letterbox at SoundJam69, which is my Twitter handle too. I'm not calling it X. I have another podcast called The Green Screen of Death. Supposedly, we're going to be recording our top ten episode tomorrow he says sarcastically uh, <laughs> that's probably going to be two months from now I'll be really honest it's probably not happening tomorrow uh, other than that uh, yeah not much to say have a good one
3: <laughs>
0: Melissa what can folks
3: find you um, I'm also on Twitter uh, as at Melzytweets, tweets but I hardly ever post anything there except I repost the links to this show so
0: there you go
4: <laughs> Um
3: <laughs> And I'm on Letterboxd as uh, at Melsy Melsy.
0: And I have been doing a much better job of staying up to date with my Letterboxd. So that is basically the place you can find me on any given day um, at the marina. Uh, I also post the show on uh, on Instagram uh, and and uh, on uh, LinkedIn. Oh, no, not LinkedIn. Jesus, I'm I'm apparently this. This has now gone to my head um, <laughs> on Instagram. Instagram, I already set up. Fuck it. I'm everywhere at the Marino or the Marino one. Just find me. Links in the show notes. Steve, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Letterboxd at the Steve Old Dead. Uh, my website, stevestubbing.ca. You can also find me on shiftheads.ca. Uh, I'm on the podcast uh, Tremble the Horror Pod with uh, Kurt and Taylor. That shows weekly. Our latest two episodes are on X and Pearl. Um, Woo. and yeah, just got to celebrate those movies all over again in my love for them, just waxing poetically about them. Um, I also have a YouTube show that comes out every Friday at 9 a.m. It's called What the Hell Should I Watch? Uh, as of the last two episodes, it is now a two-person podcast. Is it's me and my 23-year-old daughter every week breaking down movies and i I don't care i I don't care if anybody watches it i am adoring what i'm doing right now it is so much fun so subscribe to my channel Uh, just look for uh, steve stebbing and uh, subscribe uh because we're having a hell of a lot of fun there
0: that's awesome come on by etcpod.ca for show notes and links to all the things we talked about today and until next time
2: Act the planet. Act the planet. <laughs>
4: Bye. <laughs>